Hi, I'm Jim Calloway. And I'm Sharon Nelson. This is the 42nd edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. Today, our topic is the iPad for Lawyers. We are pleased to welcome as our guest, Tom Mile, a good friend, uh, a senior consultant with Contoro, where he helps companies with records management and electronic discovery issues. Tom served as chair of ABA Tech Show in 2008 and currently is the chair-elect of the ABA's Law Practice Management section. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Sharon and Jim. Glad to be here. Well, one of the reasons we wanted to have you today, Tom, is you've recently written a book on the iPad called The iPad in One Hour for Lawyers which is slated to be released at ABA Tech Show by the ABA Law Practice Management section. What type of lawyers are you speaking to in this book? And can you please tell our listeners how they can order the book? Well, Jim, I, you know, the, the ABA has resurrected its In One Hour series with this book, and I'm, I'm happy to be writing iPad In One Hour for Lawyers. It's the first one-hour book that the Law Practice Management section has done on hardware rather than software. The rest have been on things like WordPerfect and Word and WorldDocs, and so it was challenging to, to, to write a book that, that's designed for someone to, uh, to, to use in one hour, and so I think that it probably is more like an iPad in an hour and a half or maybe an hour and 45 <laughs> minutes. It's, it was designed to be, the, if you look at the other books, they're very basic and they're for folks that aren't very tech savvy. And I wanted to kind of make it appeal to a broader audience. So although my book will, um, will if you're a brand new iPad owner, if you're not very good with technology, it's a great book to buy. But even if you kind of have a little bit uh, on the ball technology-wise, I think that you'll still find that this is a great book to buy to get started on the iPad and, uh, and, and learn about some of the apps and some of the settings you need to have to, to actually use it properly. Well, I got to tell you, I'm very excited about this, and I've already reserved my copy of your book, Tom. <laughs> well, and, and and that reminds me, I didn't answer the second part of Jim's question, which is how people can buy it. There, as far as I know, the only link right now will be, and and as of the uh, as of this recording, it's not up yet. But by the time this recording airs, it should be up in the ABA bookstore. Just go to ABA Books. Uh, I think it's ABABooks.org uh, or Google ABA Books, and uh, and once you're there, search for iPad. And right now, I think the only book that comes up when you Google I, when you search for iPad is is your book, Sharon, <laughs> on, on small office technology. Well, I, I kind of like that, Tom, but I'll, I'll move over and make room on the shelf. <laughs> Why, Tom, do you think a lawyer should think about using an iPad in his or her practice? Well, you know, I didn't always think that. And, and I think also that it's probably not for every lawyer, but I think that it deserves some consideration. And 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 since I've been using my iPad, I think that uh, that 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 a device like this has a definite place in a lawyer's practice. And, and I and I think specifically of. What I had to do when I was a practicing lawyer, going to court, I had to drag not only all my case files with me and my documents, but I was also bringing my rules of evidence and my rules of civil procedure. And here in Texas, we have a civil practice and remedies code. And I was bringing all sorts of books. And I had a trial notebook full of everything, depositions, you name it. I don't need to, I wouldn't need to do that anymore. Lawyers don't need to do that anymore with something like the iPad. You can go to depositions and have all your evidence there to show to the witness. You can show things to the judge and jury. There are a number of apps that I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little while, but I think that it, it doesn't, 
it doesn't change the way it doesn't make you a better lawyer i saw a tweet the other day that uh that made me laugh where a, a lawyer posted that uh he uh selected a, a jury using his ipad but he still lost the case and his conclusion was <laughs> ipad did not change the facts or the law that, that's, and, that's uh, funny. and i think that that a lot of people expect that a, an ipad is a miracle device it's not it's not for everybody but i think that it has a definite position in a practice that can help you be more mobile with the information that you have and i, I think we'll talk a little bit more about some of the apps and, and i think that's really a way that lawyers can use it to both help their own practice but also help serve their clients better in 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 what they in the services they provide to them you know it's interesting tom one of the things that john and i do is we serve as auditors for lawyers who are ethically in trouble with the bar because complaints have been filed and we have really noted a couple of cases where we've we've seen the iPad used by solo lawyers who were not very good at managing their uh, their caseload and they've been using case management systems like Clio or Rocket Matter and they have been much more successful in in making sure that they keep all of their time uh, that they enter things that they're checking their calendars I mean it got them organized so just as a law practice management tool it really helped get them out of ethical hot water and I was very impressed with that well, and you know, I think there's two reasons for that. I think the first reason is just the cool factor. The cool factor <laughs> of the iPad, just holding it in your hands, you just want to go, wow, this is just such a cool device. But I think also the fact that an iPad doesn't run traditional programs that are complicated. You know, if I install practice management or case management software on my computer, I am probably not going to learn all the functions. And I know many lawyers don't learn all the functions and don't take advantage of it. Where an iPad app is so easy to use, it's it's they, they're just easy by nature, and and I think given services like Clio or Rocket Matter, I think those services make it easier to do those types of activities on a tablet. Well, t Tom, one of the things I've noticed, as you know, I've been doing a little research on iPads in the courtroom, even though I don't personally go to the courtroom anymore. And one of the things the lawyers I've talked to told me is that it's something you can easily handle at the podium or while you're talking with a jury, where all the previous tablets, even the convertible laptop tablets, just didn't really work to carry around in a courtroom in one hand. Right. I think the form factor is a big deal. I think that and what's what's interesting about some of the iPad's competitors is that there's been a debate on what's the perfect form factor for a tablet. Clearly, the old style tablet and, and, and I think that that many companies tried to give uh, people the best of both worlds with their tablets where you had a screen that that rotated around and and laid over onto a keyboard so you could have a keyboard if you needed it but uh, but the, but the the screen was something that you could write on it was too clunky it was too hard and, and heavy and it wasn't as easy to, to get around today's kind of breed of, of tablet is like you said much easier to bring up to the podium I, I think the, the the battle that we're finding now is do you need a bigger screen because I think you're seeing that with the Motorola Zoom? Do you need a smaller screen? The Samsung Tab is something you can put in your pocket. It's so small that I, I personally think that the iPad size is just right for that type of work, working with, with the judge in a hearing or with a jury or with a witness. Well, having said all of that, do you believe that tablet computers like the iPad really mean the beginning of the post-PC era, as Steve Jobs keeps saying? <laughs> you know, he said that about three times during his presentation. He said, this is – the PC post-PC era is finally here. And 
Although I don't want to give away a lot of what I'm going to talk about in my uh, in my speech at Ignite Law uh, just before ABA Tech Show, I, I I will say that I really don't think that we're ready for the post PC era. I I think there are too many things that need to happen on a computer that you can't do on an iPad. I, I can't create a full featured brief that has a table of contents and a table of authorities with any degree of professionalism on an iPad like. I could on a computer. I was. I, I read an article just today where Adobe is actually getting ready to unveil a full-fledged version of Photoshop on the iPad, and the title of the article was "The Photoshop Ushers in the Post PC Era." And and it's the the idea is that that if you can use a program as complicated as Photoshop to manipulate images on the iPad, then maybe indeed we don't need computers anymore. I don't think. We're there yet, but I think that any lawyer that ignores the power of the tablet and, and what it can do and how it can help you is really missing out on, on some interesting functionality. Well, I know, Tom, that you were lucky enough to get the iPad, too, the day it was released. And, and although I didn't do quite as well as you, I, I nagged John endlessly until he finally said I could get it. And then he, he found his rear end up at 5 a.m. in the morning when, when they started <laughs> taking orders. <laughs> Isn't marriage wonderful? <laughs> but but we both, I'm sure, had a, a really good time kind of playing with its features. What, what are some of the features that are included in the newest version that you'd like to highlight? Well, and, and just to briefly talk about my opening day experience, I am not the kind of person that goes and sits in line for hours on end to get to, to uh, the chance that I will get an iPad. I, I really lucked out. I was in Chicago. I walked by the Apple store. The, the, the line at the Apple store was around the block. There were hundreds of people in line that had been there since nine in the morning. But then I kept walking down the street and I saw the Best Buy and the line was much shorter. And I got in line. I waited one hour in line and I got one of the last iPads that they had. So I, I really lucked out. In terms of features, I think that people who compare this to the first generation iPad will say that this is more of an evolution and not a revolution. I, I've, I've seen some stories that that seem to indicate that the iPad 2 was rolled out to uh, to sort of answer or blunt the sales of the new Motorola Zoom, which is an Android tablet that's getting a lot of good buzz. And 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 frankly, the the iPad doesn't have a lot of new wow features. The the form factor is different. It is a a slimmer, lighter feel and weight. It just it feels a lot better than the other one, and it is slightly lighter than the first. It is using a different processor, so it's faster than the first iPad. It has the two cameras on it, uh, a front-facing camera and a rear-facing camera, and it now comes with Apple's FaceTime application so that you can have video chat, which I think is really a, a good way, a good use of it, although I will say that the camera is not of the best quality. There are m many better cameras on other tablets or portable mobile devices. Those are, to me, the main the main differences. Uh, I, I think that, that it'll be another year or so before we see a revolutionary change to this. I think people want to see uh, Apple open it up and put uh, USB ports or cards, uh, slots for cards, uh, data cards in there. I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon from Apple. And so I wasn't disappointed with this upgrade. I, I, I really like the new version. 
Well, that's very interesting. It's also very interesting that I've got to be a little bit of an iPad snob around here, having a, an iPad when all the other lawyers didn't. And now I find myself as the only one in this conversation with the lovely <laughs> iPad one. So. Old fogey. <laughs> what are some of your favorite iPad apps that are designed specifically for lawyers, Tom? You know, and that's what uh, I'm, I'm going to be giving a, uh, a presentation at, at a conference in a couple of months where I'm going to sort of shoot it out with Nerino Petro uh, on on whether or not Android tablets are better than Win tablets. And I think that 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 or the iPhone or the iPad. And I really think that one area where the iPad really excels are in the legal specific apps. If you go to the app store and you just type in legal or law, you're going to come up with thousands of apps. Most of them are reference materials. So like I said, you could download the Constitution or you could download uh, the federal code. You can download laws for your own state. I would imagine most state laws are on there, although I don't know that for a fact. But what's really interesting is that there are also some developers who are coming up with lawyer-specific apps to use in, in, in very specific uh, occasions and and most of the ones that I've seen are for trial purposes. The, the the ones that I think are really coming to the forefront are for use at trial, either in jury selection or in trial presentation. With jury selection, there's a couple of uh, a couple of apps. I know that one is called iJuror, one is called Jury Tracker. I know one helps you select a jury so that you can actually look at your panel down below and understand who you want and who you don't want, and it helps you where a a legal pad might have helped you before. This takes the place now of the legal pad. One of the apps, uh, and I don't remember if it's iJuror or Jury Tracker, is a little bit more complicated and it's actually designed to help uh, during the course of trial. It can actually be used to track the emotions and the responses of all the jurors. I think that that's a lot of work. Um, you'd have to have an assistant in the back watching constantly to, to do that, but a very interesting use of the tool. Then there are two other tools I really like, Trial Pad and evidence. They are two new presentation tools. They're not as powerful as sanction or trial director if you're used to using trial presentation tools, but they are very good at, at, at for small cases. You can upload PDF files and they're starting to accept other different image type files where you can then hook up to a computer using the new VGA adapter that hooks up to uh, projectors. And you can display these documents and annotate them for a judge in a hearing or a jury or a witness during a particular trial. Those are some of the some of the apps that I think are really very interesting. Yeah, those those really are. You know, I've been playing with this a lot recently, but I, I'm not a long term user like you are. And I think the legal specific apps are really good. But overall, I've, I've sort of come to the hesitant conclusion that this is more of a content consumption device uh, that there's a one-on-one -on -one relationship now that can that can vary and as you say the trial presentation stuff that's that's very different there but it seems to me that most of the productivity things involve some kind of workaround and they're not elegant workarounds just the fact that you can't really organize your files uh, that you have to if you want to share among different computers so at work you have to upload your file to Dropbox so that you can work on it later on the iPad. I mean, these these are basically workarounds, and there are so many of them with the iPad that I don't find it as facile as a productivity device. Are there are there apps that you would say you know non legal apps that really help you create content and be productive? 
Well, you raised two issues there. And, and, and the first issue is, is the fact that, that you tend to have to do workarounds on the iPad. And I think that that is one unfortunate thing. Although it's interesting because I've now been, and, and I hope I don't get any anger from the Mac community? I've been I've been following the Macs and Law Office mailing list, and and I've come to believe that that Mac folks are are people who are used to finding workarounds. They've been the neglected stepchild for so long, and and I think they're used to doing that to get along in the Windows world. I think that's something that people who are familiar with using Macs are used to doing. I, I think that, and, and in my book. I try to describe the apps that I use so that you don't actually have to do those kinds of workarounds. If you're using tools like Dropbox, it's it's not as big a, a, a workaround as you would think. You might have to read it in another app or, or, or work on it in another app, but getting from app to app is relatively simple. But when we talk about productivity, let me mention just a couple of apps that I think are, are interesting. They really fall into a couple categories. One is taking notes. I originally bought the iPad with the thought that, oh great, now I can now sit there and take notes with a stylus in my meetings. I could do it in depositions if I was a lawyer at trial. I turn out to be a lousy writer. I can't write. I'm, I, my handwriting is horrible. And, and so it doesn't work well for me, but I've looked at a number of fantastic apps that will create Word documents, Excel spreadsheets, PowerPoint presentations uh, on on your iPad or just edit them. I don't rec- recommend them for full-fledged big documents. I, I recommend them for either making changes or drafting brief short documents. That, I just don't think the iPad is, is made for that. I think that also, uh, I think it's very productive for meeting purposes. There are a number of apps that allow you to hold or attend meetings on your iPad. GoToMeeting, WebEx, both have apps where you can attend meetings through those services. There's a new service called Fuse Meeting where you can actually start a meeting from your iPad and everyone dials into a, a, a VoIP number to talk on the call. But uh, a couple of that you can be productive doing that. And then I guess the last thing I talk about are some of the apps that allow you to be productive in signing documents. I think that having PDF files pushed to your to your uh, iPad and then you can actually you know hand over your iPad to a client or to someone with a PDF document that they could then just take and sign that document it then gets saved back up to your Dropbox folder and then you've got a signed document that you've seen to them I think it has the potential to be very productive well, one of the things I just wanted to mention quickly that Docs to Go, which I think is a very good program, but it does not support track changes, which is a, that that's correct. A problem. That's a problem. Although I have to say, I, I I remember reading somewhere that a a future or a soon to be released update is going to support track changes, but I don't know. We hold our breath. I just have heard that somewhere. May it be so. Well, Tom, I want to go ahead and mention a, a great app that you left out just because a lot of lawyers really like to use these for legal research. And there was an interesting story in a newspaper from Pittsburgh about a a lawyer who took a five-minute break. And this was an iPhone rather than an iPad, but he used the FastCase app to find yep. that a rule had actually been cited wrong and saved his client five to ten years on the Senate. So you can't really <laughs> argue with those results. But also – 
for people that do legal research in other places, the Atomic Web Browser, I don't know if you've heard of that, it's an yes. alternative to Safari, yep. but that lets you, when you go to websites that aren't optimized and the fonts are very tiny like Cornell or, or our Oklahoma Supreme Court Network, you can set the size to the size you want and then it will remember and every time you return to that side, it'll zoom to the right size for you. So that's a nice little feature what, as well. What, what, what was the name of that, Jim? Atomic Web Browser. I need that one. These old eyes. Okay. The other, the the other browser to take a look at. One of the one of the downsides of the iPad is that due to Apple's ongoing feud with Adobe, there is no Flash on the iPad, and and many until until the web gets taken over by the new HTML5 format, there's a lot of Flash out there to look at. Um, and if you have to go to a website with Flash, I recommend trying the Skyfire browser because it uh, it has a feature that that actually will translate the you're looking at that was in Flash, it will uh, translate it into HTML5 so you can actually look at it on your iPad. That's the interesting thing about these iPads. Instead of just interviewing you, we're all trying to take notes at the same time. <laughs> oh, it's my like, God. My, my, my sheet is covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we've talked a lot about work, but uh, why don't you go ahead and, and move on just to give our listeners a flavor of some of your favorite non-work apps for the iPad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give three, and these are actually – well, I'm going to give four. Th these are a little closer to work, but, I, but they're still things that I enjoy doing. I'm a big news junkie, and I use Google Reader religiously to keep track of all the stories, both technology and otherwise, that I, that I follow. I use an app called Reader, R-E-E-D-E-R. It syncs with your Google Reader account. It's extremely easy to use on the iPad, and it makes sharing information. If you want to share it to Twitter, if you want to save it to Instapaper, it lets you share things to about five or ten different sites. It's really a fantastic app that I just started using the past week. Um, I also love the idea of the, the – uh, there's an app called Flipboard that you may be familiar with that will take your Facebook account or your Twitter account, and it will turn it into a beautiful magazine. It'll take all the posts and make it look like a magazine. Um, I've actually started using a site, uh, an app called Zite, Z-I-T-E recently. It's free. It's new. They're still ironing out some of the bugs. But you tell it what you're interested in, and it generates a paper based on that. So it's discovering news you might not otherwise find on subjects of interest, and I really like it. It's displayed very nicely. Again, it allows you to share things. If you hit yes, I like it, it will go out and find more stories like that, or no, I don't like it and it won't find stories like that so it's hopefully learning from your experiences i guess my last thing and 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 i say this only in part because i saw sharon uh post this on Facebook is that whenever I need some extra time, I find that Angry Birds uh, <laughs> satisfies the itch that uh, that I have for uh, just a few minutes of, of killing killing pigs and uh, and other such things. It is an addictive program. It, it's, it, it, really, it really is. It really is video crack. Uh, <laughs> there are more than 60,000 apps available for the iPad in the App Store. I'm telling you, I have found it very perplexing to use. Uh, unless I know the name and you know when, when you give us these great apps of course now we can go look them up but if you don't have you know a list of resources that have been suggested to you how is a person supposed to figure out what apps are the best without wasting time is there a better way you know I, I, I'll actually I'll actually give you an app on finding apps and that <laughs> app is called app advice app app advice they actually have a companion uh, video podcast, which I think it, they do a very good job on. 
app advice comes up with new stories every day and what what i like about them is they actually have guides that you can find within app advice and those guides say apps for tracking your march madness bracket apps for uh, crossword puzzles i'm i'm using kind of frivolous choices but but they will they have guides on different subjects and they will give you the ones they think are the best in breed some that work some that don't work so well and give reviews of them i think app advice is a great way to discover new apps all in one place i think what i'd rather do given the time we have is i've i've got i know we're going to talk about later some other resources i've got some links for people to follow i'm going to save it until till the end i, I would just say download app advice and that will you can do that both on your iphone on your ipad or you can just go to the website and you can read it there well and tom as you know we'll be happy to take any of those links and paste them on the show notes for the uh, podcast so people who come to the website can download them there we're running the close on time but i know we've got to talk a second about the many accessories i've seen a uh, ipad cover that makes it look like a laptop and i've seen lots of different accessories so what would you say is a Uh, useful? You know, I think that there are really three kinds of accessories that you need, that you absolutely need. I think the rest is negotiable. The first thing is you really need some kind of cover for it. And, And I bought with the iPad 2, I bought the new smart cover that comes with it. And I have to say, I love, I think it's really cool. It doesn't protect the back of my iPad at all. And I think that once I find a cover that does protect the back that I like, I'm going to go out and buy it. Um, there are just literally dozens of iPad covers for you to look at, and I'm not going to try to recommend any today. I suggest you go to the site iLounge, I-L-O-U-N-G.com. They have reviews of covers, and I imagine that cover re- uh, reviews are coming in now of the different iPad, the different iPad uh, 2 covers. The other two app, uh, two accessories you need, I really think that, and this is, you either need a stylus to take notes on, or you need a wireless keyboard to, to type on for those times where you might need to, to, to do more than just a little bit of hunt and peck on the keyboard. Uh, I'm using the Apple wireless keyboard. I love it. It's very light. It packs very easily into my bag. It's not a, it's not a problem to bring around. I believe that was around $70. And then um, the other thing that I recommend is, is a stand that, uh, that you could use to po- to hold your iPad up. My, my smart cover serves as its own stand, but I also have a stand uh, called the Compass, and of course, I can't remember the name of it. We'll probably put the, the link up in the show notes, but it's called the Compass by, I cannot remember. Anyway, it, it, it actually looks like a compass until you unfold it, and then it stands like an easel, and it does a perfectly acceptable job of holding my iPad up, although I will say that um, when you fold it up, uh, in airport security, it looks a little bit like a sharp object, and so <laughs> I always have to put it in my uh, in, in the bin, uh, and they still ask me what it is. So uh, if you're going to buy it, it's great for traveling, but make sure you keep it out where they can see it. Well, Tom, you know I have to ask this question because you know that there's one member of my family who has a pretty low opinion of iPad security features. I so, am shocked. Yeah, I'm sure you're shocked to hear that. <laughs> so, so what what is your assessment of the iPad security? Well, I, I do not pretend to be a security expert in terms of what can be done to hack into and get information off the iPad. So I'm going to make the assumption that if the your iPad falls into the hands of the right person, they may be able to get whatever information's on it that they want to. There are, I would say that the iPad is not the most secure device you will ever own, but there are 
reasonable precautions that you can take to try and stop maybe the wrong person, the person who doesn't know any better and can't get to that information in a way that they could that they could make use of it. And, and it's a couple very simple common sense things. The iPad comes with a passcode. Uh, by default, it's a four-digit passcode, but you can change that to make it a passcode of any length. It, it's infinite length. I, I'm not sure if it's infinite, but uh, you know, my my passcode is probably 15 or 20 digits, and and I'm happy with that. By default, I believe. No, that's not true. You have to turn it on. That, that's, you can, that's true. You, you can tell to... the iPad to erase the data yeah. after the passcode has been entered improperly, I believe it's 10 times, a certain number of times. Even even the passcode itself has to be enabled, Tom. It doesn't come by default enabled. Oh, that's no, you're right. No, that's absolutely right. You have to first go yeah. in and, and enable that. You have to tell it that you want a passcode. Correct. You have to then set the passcode and then you also need to set a setting for how long your iPad can be off before it requires a passcode again. Um, it's kind of a hassle if you're sitting there and it turns off every minute and you have to do the passcode every minute. Tom, uh, I think we're uh, nearing the end of our time. So I wanted to skip and just ask you, do you have any other information about the other tablet devices? Well, you know, the one thing that I want to say about the other tablets is that they're coming out with some very interesting things that you need to take a look at. I love my iPad, but there are definite downsides to it. doesn't have flash. Um, tends to be a closed system. Apple is very um, controlling when it comes to what can go on an iPad, and I think that that goes both ways. I think that's a good thing and a bad thing. Android is a fantastic operating system that uh, is, is they're putting out some very, very interesting devices, both phones and tablets. The, and, and we hear that BlackBerry is getting ready to put out its own device that in sort of pre-reviews are getting very positive comments. Uh, Windows Phone 7 keeps promising to put out some sort of tablet device, but I bet that doesn't happen until next year. I think decide on, on what is important to you. What do you need the most? Uh, take a look at all these, all these tablets. I think part of the problem with the other others is that iPad's been on the market for so long, it's really kind of established a foothold, and so it's hard to compare it because there's not much else on the market. But uh, if you're interested in something else, then go take a look at it. See if it meets the needs. I think that one of the one of the disadvantages, at least for now, is that there just aren't as many apps for the other tablets as there are for iPhone. They will catch up, and they will they will get to where iPad is, but uh, they they were so late to the game that it's just going to take a while. But but by all means, look at others before you make a decision on which which operating system and which platform you look at. You buy. But because we are kind of short on time here, I think what we're going to ask you to do, Tom, if you don't mind, is send us those additional resources outside of your book, of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. Uh, and Happy we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll post those on the uh, show notes. But, Tom, this was a, a lot of really helpful information in a concise amount of time, although it stretched a little longer than normal. But you really did write the book on this topic. Uh, I'm excited to read it. And thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. And that's all, folks, for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers in Technology. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy.